Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 9th of Jan. 2023. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm going to quickly whiz through the prices. It's going to be Ben, Webby and myself doing the market chat today. It's all very hectic. We're loading boats. There's lots of stuff going on. Lots of our customers are not back at work. That's not a dig. That's a fact, which is great. They're not really inclined to sell it anyway. Grain trading's not on their list, even though the market's been coming down. They had a big rally over Christmas and they're thinking about something else. So it is very busy administratively at the moment on the merchanting side. So prices of spot feed wheat, you would be able to sell feed wheat for February at something like 229x farm. You'd make 232 for May. It isn't very exciting relative to the very top of the market, but it's still 60, 70 quid above where the market was at its bottom. In the very short term, the next two to three weeks, we are bearish to the market. There's nothing particularly that we can see that's going to ram the market up other than some crazy politics thing. There's nothing in the weather that's going to change things dramatically in our view in the next three to four weeks. Beyond then, the rally in the market will come from a weather story that we don't know what it is yet. It might not happen at all, but I'm sure with the rally that happened in the wheat market over Christmas of being £20 a tonne on the basis of some snow in the States in the middle of winter, they wanted to call it a snow bomb. Yep, it's very cold. Yep, it snowed loads. To me, says psychologically, there's a whole lot of people itching for a reason to buy commodities and to trade and make money from them. And that you can criticise and say how terrible these speculators are, or you can say, you know what they're going to give me some extra money for my product so let's be aware that those people exist and they're itching for a reason to trade the shit out this market feed barley old crop 210x not a lot of interest there is the odd boat going i don't see it going much lower than that in the short term but we're trying to tidy up our feed barley stocks get them out of the way i don't see the point in playing the game it is over 200 pounds a ton i'm happy with that Malting barley old crops had a bit of a smack. Depending on the grade, the value X farm for Feb movement is between 250 and 260x. If you've got any malting barley, wave it at us and we'll tell you a value specifically. On all-seed rape old crop, I've got Ben sitting in the room. So what is the old crop price of rape? Old crop price of rape, currently 485. I mean, look, first half December, the market hit a low. You were looking at around 452. Oilseed rate market has had a good steady rally over the Christmas period. And I would say the chart now is finally balanced. You know, it needs to break a longer term downtrend. But there's pressure in that market. If it gets to 500, we're going to push a few people to sell a few tons. Not yeah. all, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think gets back over 500. Yeah, lock a bit more in and let's just ride it out and it went down to what 440 probably 450 was its low yeah yeah. okay so it's had a good recovery from pre-christmas okay moving on to new crop we'll talk about let's start with feed wheat again everybody's sort of mainstay the value for new crop november's about 215 and harvest is about 205x something like that guess i think yeah it's about right feed barley 195x for harvest movement 
Good prices historically. Energy prices, we're going to talk about in the market chat, are down to pre-war levels. Most people have bought lots of their energy or their fuel. So the costs of their production have gone up dramatically this year. £200 a tonne is somewhere near break-even. So it's getting down to a point where it's not necessarily going to be profitable for everybody, depending on yield. Prospects for malting barley. At the moment, there's a few nerves about sugar beet being lifted late in Norfolk, um, a wet forecast, and the potential of the land to be not in such a good condition for the following crop or a delay to planting. So the first inklings of a weather market possibly on that one bit nervous about it so malting barley on new crop is a 20 pounds over nov futures which are trading at 230 so it's about 250x if you compare that to the feed barley price at 195 that is a significant premium very unusual for it to be as much of that in a normal year but having seen prices in recent weeks higher than that because the futures were higher people are reluctant to sell anything i'm really divided on that i think there is a good demand for malting barley and in theory there's a stock but next season has got to produce a good quality crop and i am nervous of the weather again we'll talk about that in the market chat so finally on new crop values benjamin what is the new crop oilseed rate value yeah oilseed rate value on the new crops about 490 again historically good value has been a lot higher could see pressure on that if the old crop gets squeezed and again it's going to be weather i think is what we're looking at there okay right so that's that we're now going to have a fantastic advert for somebody or another who's making some good returns from putting an advert on the doing grain podcast and then we're going to have our market chat Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Brown & Co. are excited to introduce the scale-up phase of the Future Farming Resilience Fund. This DEFRA-funded project enables Brown & Co. to provide free, on-farm tailored support to farmers across all of England until March 2025. We have worked with hundreds of farmers over the past two years delivering the initial phases of this project and have widened our support offer as a result of farmer feedback. We believe the choice we offer farmers is unique, with land, planning, environmental, commercial and agribusiness divisions all under one roof. We provide professional advice across a range of disciplines delivered from our in-house teams, whether it is finding a commercial use for a disused barn, investigating planning potential, managing business finances, working collaboratively with neighbours, optimising environmental income streams, producing a greenhouse gas footprint, or discussing your business options going forward. Brown & Co. can support you on this journey. If you would like to find out more or sign up to the scheme, please email defraffr at brown-co.com or call 01480-598-869 and ask to speak to a member of the team. Right, today I have got Ben. Hello. Ian. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. And me. Josh has gone to visit the boat we're loading in Ipswich, which has got malting barley on it. And all is going well, he said. Touch wood, there's a kiss of death. Largely, it's been quite a busy week, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the boat has kind of stirred a lot of that business, hasn't it? Which has been great. It's been nice to have something to focus on in the new year. Yeah. Well, we always do, but... Yeah. Plus physical stock checks against book. That's always a laugh. You know, we get go up and look in the bin and find, oh, shit, it's empty. But some of the admin bits, the reconciliations, just yeah. make sure we're all right on stuff. And, well, it's yeah. nice if it's right, isn't it? Let's put it that way. But we've got two empty bins at Aylesham, which is very unusual for this time of year. We've been moving some of our malting barley stocks out earlier this year. I'm very glad they're gone. It gives us room to move stuff around site and do proper stock management because sometimes we end up rammed right the way through to the end of the season and it's hard work, isn't it? So we're moving barley. Wheat is very slow in moving with all of the cancellations due to the bird flu. 
and obviously the futures week is just sitting there as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's still, you know, Sterling had a massive hit, didn't it, between Christmas and New Year? I mean, it really did dump. And I'm pretty sure that sparks more export interest, but we'll just have to see how that boat programme goes on. But it's not competitive at the moment, is it? You can't sell a boat easily. Not easily, but I'm sure intra-company business will have happened, like, you know, happened before. Someone will switch their book around in Europe, won't they? What I would like is for us to sell a boat so I could just ditch a load of stock. But I'm really nervous about the wheat position with all of the cancellations for bird flu and the people who own the futures in our stores. We've moved about 2,000 tonnes of futures out of 43,000 that we tendered. And we held back 27, 30,000 tonnes from tendering because of the carry that came in there. So we've got a very large amount of wheat in our stores. I can't see moving at the very earliest until May. Yeah, no, and, I agree. And if I don't get on with moving, I've also got a load of farm tonnage, which we've got to find a home for. And at the moment, if the best, if the delivered price consumer is the same as futures, I'm going to end up bringing that into store and tendering it as well. That's got to be bearish to futures prices relative to the delivered market. So I'm nervous about the amount of wheat we've got left hanging around us at the moment. But unless, as Ben said, I mean, we did have a, a moment where the market was premium to futures because of the FOD market, wasn't it? It was trading about three, four quid, maybe five at, at a time. May futures at £3 over are overpriced to the tune of about £6 a tonne. The futures price, if you own futures stock, you have to collect it. You've paid yeah, for it, you're yeah, paying rent yeah. on it, and yeah. you have to move it by the end of July. You have to move yeah. it. So what do you do with it? The cheapest haulage, or the average haulage out of our stores is, what, 750 I would guess, yeah, depending yeah. on how far you take it. And that's yeah. the most local homes. So you're £4.50 wrong and not making any margin, plus you've already paid for it months ago and you've been yeah, paying yeah. rent. It's a big loss. Yeah. So at some point, the maths of that, we always have this, we highlight this every year because lots of people don't look at it. But if you're young and you're learning about the grain trade, this is one of those moments where you know that at the moment the futures price is 240 and you know the ex-farm bid you've been getting from your trader is 230 yeah, which yeah. is probably about because the market is trading at 240 delivered and you right, should yeah. be at about yeah. a couple of quid three quid out of it that's all well and good except for the fact that somebody owns futures someone's actually paid 240 mm. for something equivalent x store and they've got to make a margin from that so at some point either they sell the futures like crazy because they're 10 pounds wrong which is what I think will happen relative to the market, or the market rallies in its own right and futures stay still and you get the opportunity to move the future stock out in export. But either way, the premium over the futures has to go by the time it gets to May to seven, eight. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. And it's January now, so it's, that's three, four months. Something's going to happen there. Anyway, prospects, we talked about it, you know, in the market report. As I said, in that, I think I'm bearish short term. I can't see a reason for it to go up other than a quid or two on a particular day. I'm waiting for February or March for the weather market. Yeah, well, let's come on to weather. I mean, you know, lots of people's ski holidays have probably been ruined in January, haven't they? Well, we went to Chamonix because I'm, I'm a skier. It's Mont Blanc, so it's high enough to get something skid around on. But but how was it looking? Well, all of the waterfalls on the side of mountains are running. There's no frozen waterfalls. Yeah. And the river is quite happily getting rid of anything that's come. There's very, very low amounts of snow. I would suggest, unless they start getting dumps and dumps of the stuff, which stays frozen, you're going to have low water levels on all of the European rivers if it carries on like this. Okay. As the spring goes on, there's no snow melt. So there will be ongoing transportation issues around Europe like they had last year where they can't put more than 60% on a barge. But, okay, that's that. 
But crops in Europe are looking fantastic. And I think there's an argument to say they're looking too good. There must be disease pressure. And if we get a cold snap in the next two, three months, that could do some serious damage, surely. You know, seriously, a proper freeze in February on a crop that's ahead of its growth stages. Yeah, yeah, it would be devastating. Not so much in, in the UK. Because we don't get continental cold, but if you although if we Denmark, got another beast from <coughs> another beast from the east, or you know, yeah, I think you'd see a lot of damage here. It won't be enough for winter kill in the UK. It will be enough to knock it back. I think some of the continent would be in trouble. Since our last recording, we did have the American. I mean, we saw a fifteen quid rally, didn't we? And we've settled back down. <clears throat> but a lot of that probably was to do with some of the hype around the US weather patterns. I don't think it's come to anything. I mean, they had snow cover, yes, minus 45, which is hideous to think about. But, yeah, I, I can't see it being a damaging prospect. Look, you know, it snowed in the middle of winter in the States. All right, it was really cold, yeah, and but there was bucket loads of snow. And then instead of calling it like a, a winter storm, they call it a weather bomb, now a snow bomb, don't they? Yeah. It's like a load of Prince Harry's trading stuff, isn't it? Like, you know, <laughs> let's make a new name up and, like, big it up. The weather in the middle of the winter, it's, you know, shock, snow, America, winter. That isn't the story. 20 quid rally, UK from bottom to top, 20 quid. And that's a lot. So I think more importantly, it showed that there's a load of people itching to trade the weather mm. markets. That's yeah. the point. You can't rely on it. You can't guarantee that's there. But there's a whole load of people who now make money from trading these commodities. They speculate, they push it down or they push it up. They want a story that makes it go up. And the yeah. weather is the golden ticket because the weather in the world is screwed. So, yeah, the, the, yeah, the weather is definitely all over the place. I mean, so Argentina is still continuing to be. Yes, they've had had rain, but it's not enough. And I read the other day that California is now having floods. Well, hang on a minute. Six months ago, it was drought. Yeah. So, I mean, OK, you know, California is more of a sort of fruits and nuts growing state but Baghdad was underwater wasn't it was it Riyadh or Baghdad had floods I think Iraq yeah so uh, this is you know as you these unprecedented crazy weather systems yep heat Um, wave heat wave May UK mm. what price malting valley and everything at that yeah so that's the weather (laughs) the other point which was interesting which came out over between Christmas and New Year is the change in ag policy in Brazil. Yeah. So, Bolsonaro, the Trump of the tropics, has gone, although rumours are he's in the background trying to get back in. Yeah. And Lula da Silva has openly come on and said, look, I tell you what, I need to feed the poor of my country and we need to stop chopping down the Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. So, he will change ag policy. And as Ian and I were discussing earlier, people are starting to worry about stocks internally. They're going to want to hoard food. Which very simply makes the availability of world exports a lot tighter. Well, Europe and America, sort of the reliable suppliers, have got reasonably tight stocks. South America is the kind of the ballast, the surplus, mm. the bit that pours out when there's lots of it. Certainly Argentina are not going to have an easier run. And if Brazil, which will take a year, I mean, they've got more land they physically farm now because of the forest they've already chopped down. So there is a big production there. It's not just mm. going to go. It's great news for the planet that the Amazon isn't getting chopped down. Feeding his own country means less of it leaves the country, which is, a, by definition, less of a supply. But the point that we're trying to make, I think, is that if there is a weather hiccup, proper one there is very limited people that the stuff can come from and countries are now going to be much more inclined to as lula puts it feed the poor make sure they're they're secure themselves that's the point isn't it yeah 
But I think every nation will do the same. I mean, you, it's been mentioned within our press and media, you know, surrounding chickens, hasn't it, recently? Mm. You know, we made a complete cock-up of that situation. Well, go on, explain to the listener, Ian. Well, no, it has been there, hasn't it? The chicken producers are going out left, right and centre, aren't they? Yeah, one of their, their birds died, that wasn't very helpful. But more importantly, the egg producers you're talking about, the guys who were yes. screwed by the supermarkets, yeah. Sorry, yeah. who yeah. believed they could just, yeah, you're on contract, mate, tough shit. Suddenly, let's blame bird flu for there being no eggs. It's not. It's the supermarkets that made their no eggs. And the supermarkets now import eggs, lower quality, and still make their margin. So they're never going to be hurt with this current system, are they? But the egg producer, yeah, he's out of business. Empty shed. Perhaps we put some grain in it. As you say, Andrew, you're going to want to feed your poor. You don't want an uprising. You want to protect those people. And then we go over to China, where there's no doubt that tens of thousands of Chinese are dying every week. Yeah. There's no doubt. Their hospitals are full and people are, can't get in there's the hospitals. People in the, I mean, people in the no, street, what, what country, in beds. What country in the world would have a situation like that? <laughs> Should we get political? No, no, let's not. Let's no, no, just, we're not. Let's just Let's pretend. focus on that. So, and of course, we know China, you know, huge demand for ag commodities. They love importing, going from Brazil. You know, they've obviously taken a lot from Russia. But, you know, will their demand suffer? Yes, it will. It's just by how much? I think the whole slowdown in the world is all about that. Energy prices is the next thing we're going to come on to, isn't it, which is related. Energy prices are down to pre-war levels. Mm. You know, so now if, if someone was really a, you know, a dude and didn't buy their oil, then great, they're going to be having a lot lower costs of production than some others who secured the oil, worrying about all the diesel or whatever for next season. And here we sit, are we in too high a price range, bearing in mind cost of production is lower? Does cost of production make any difference whatsoever? Is it more to do with demand? Because in reality, I've seen times in the past where produce is lower than cost of production. Yeah, and it still had to be <clears throat> sold, hasn't it? It's had to come to market. Yeah, not counting subsidy, obviously, that still exists. Let's be clear on that. So the dynamics of a market is oversupply means prices are what someone's prepared to pay for it. And if the price is too high, it doesn't matter what it costs to produce. You've already produced it. You're in a weak position. Equally, if you're in a position where there isn't any of it, like this last year with the war in Ukraine, you end up with prices at 300 and something pounds a tonne. And it's a bonanza. And that's what it has been for all of us in this industry. Because we've never seen the price so high and never seen people make so much money from the product. Yeah, that is very true. The interesting thing about the podcast is that some people take comments like that as some form of dig at farmers. And we're trying to highlight the dynamic of the industry that we're in. The, the point of this podcast is to have an open, honest debate about how it all works. Sometimes encouraging, and I hope you notice how incredibly grown up we are today relative to some of our late podcasts of last year. I'm sure we'll get childish in a minute, but it's a very serious time for the world. It really is. There's a terrible war that is not going to stop and it's going to ramp up in the new year. And there's talks of other regions around Russia having their own conflicts. You know, comes into the NATO arena, I suspect 2023 will do that I really do if it does that then uh, yeah I think what happens to the price Let's forget the world and the fact you've got protected children dig a tunnel and, yeah. and hide from nuclear war the really important stuff what is going to happen to the grain price it'll, it'll rock it will it though does it not destroy trade? It'll destroy trade, but people will still be trading on the... The immediate response will be panic, buy food, buy futures. Okay. That's what these influencers do that you were talking about earlier. They'll just go, right, there's a war, buy food. Are we being influencers now? Yes, we are. Oh, yes, you just Only did. to the two people that listen to this podcast. No. 
Stuart, that's me and Ian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm saying there's going to be a war including NATO, and you're saying that everyone's going to buy the shit out of commodities. Only if there's a war with <clears> NATO. <throat> Which I'm saying there will be because I'm, I don't I'm think... the man who predicted the invasion of Ukraine. Oh my god! In February, I said he's going to go in, and they were all went, oh, he won't. To be fair, you were actually. I was. And it's probably if we go back and listen to it, listen to it, documents yeah. on here. Probably the two, week three weeks ahead. Ben, stop trying to hit the microphone. Um, but we were, we did sit in the office with. We're not, a, le- we're not letting Ben have the microphone because he's going he's to have a little pop at Webby yeah, exactly. for agreeing with everything I say. No, exactly. we, we sat in a. Uh, I remember it well. We sat in a meeting with a pharma contractor, yeah. uh, big cat was, and we said exactly that. And it was two, three weeks ahead of it. And this farmer said to us, said, Oh, everyone else was telling me it was never going to happen. And you two sat in our office and said, Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, because we're well informed. Like you got Mike. When do you negotiate your pay rise, Ian? <laughs> yeah, you got a lot to learn there, Ben. Yeah, so. I have, haven't I? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Ask, <laughs> ask kissing is what makes you know. I makes know. Me happy, I know. Oh, oh, Andrew, with your full head of hair, you're so good looking. <laughs> right, but oh dear. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you're now saying that NATO could get dragged in. That is a major, major statement. I think there will be skirmishes, which means NATO has to do something, because it's in Putin's interest to do it. I don't think we'll end up with all-out nuclear war. Who gives a shit if that's the case? Because we'll be dead, right? So will they aim a rocket at grain silos? The minute that goes off, we need to relocate our office, right? We're well, right next to the grain store. Yeah. Hopefully they'll hit Cam Grain first because it's bigger, but, you know... <laughs> Ailsham, it's got to be with our podcast, and Vlad listens to our podcast. You know, he's going to go, right, we'll get those little shit bags. We've been waiting to get them for weeks. I think the bigger issue, we've got Bacton on our doorstep, haven't we? Yeah, they ain't going to take us out, is it? A rocket hitting that would be a bit of a big gas moment. And then. I don't know how far the, uh, the fallout is, the nuclear fallout. They don't nuke it, they'll just hit it with a great big yeah, bomb. True. Your Light. house at Westwick's pretty close to Walsham, that's not that far away. Well, no, but there's a, the more important there's a gas pipeline that goes about 250 yards from my house. Mm. If the main terminal goes up, is there a system that stops it exploding well, all the so, way through the county? saying to me it takes from <coughs> Bacton to North Walsham three seconds for a blast to get through, but the delay on the shut-off is pretty close on that. So you might just see, well, this might be completely, you know. Who told you that? This is one of those. Oh, I know it was a farmer, and you, he was in the office, wasn't he, at the time? But he also said the bigger issue with North Walsham is there's a phenomenal amount of overground liquid stored at the station. Yeah, which well, is that's I mean, North Walsham uh, gone. Forgive me for being a real mercenary, but you know North Walsham as a crater could yeah, be, become a could theme be park appeal, or yeah. a feature, couldn't it? I'll be lovely me on the fringe. I've literally got a lovely water feature out the side of my garden. <laughs> the town of North Walsham and the town of Aylsham are, are chalk and cheese. Aylsham is a really pretty, lovely little market town. So is North Walsham, except it isn't. It's grotty. It's always been grotty. And it could be amazing if you just got rid of the planners and ditched all of the modern shops and the charity shops and made it a quaint little Holt type. Holt is another one. Holt is amazing as a, as a town centre. Yeah. Independent traders. What is it? What went wrong with North Walsham? It's nuts. should be pretty. I agree. Yeah, it's got the makings of being a lovely, lovely town, but... We're digressing, aren't we? Anyway. Sorry. Energy prices. Let's do, go back to like the grown up. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. So which, which energy do we start with? We've got um, oil at eighty dollar crudely, like seventy nine something, mm. isn't it? Eighty dollars a Should barrel. Should we buy our, all our heating off for the next two years? Looks really cheap on a chart. The other one that caught me a little bit off guard, and you said uh, this morning, you said, "Oh, energy prices are pre war levels." I couldn't believe it with gas, but I looked at it, one hundred and eighty pence a therm. Mm. Now that is yes, one hundred and ninety on the twenty fourth of Feb last year. 
But that's the other thing, isn't it? Interesting about the mild weather in Europe. They're massive consumers of gas. They'll have consumed half the gas they would have done in a normal winter so far. Yeah, that's been useful, hasn't it? That has really saved them. Yeah, global warming's a good thing, isn't it? For, it's not good for Vlad and his sails, but it's good for the no. the buyers of gas. That's the other thing. How long has Vlad got left in power? You know, because there's no doubt Ukraine are, I wouldn't say winning, but they're certainly taking back territory. They can't win. They can settle for a lose some land, get out of our... Don't come anywhere near us again. We're joining NATO and all the rest of it as a deal, which I think is where we'll end up. They'll allow Ukraine into NATO. Yeah, as long as Ukraine... As long as they keep Donetsk and Crimea and it becomes a smaller country. It's a a hideous prospect. It's like us, you know, losing Wales. (laughs) Anyway... But it would be, that is the best result. Hmm. That's assuming that the, the Russians don't just go, right, OK, let's step it up. Here we go, bang, and do something hideous with a nuclear weapon. Or he's looking like he's going to set in from Belarus again. He's sending lots of rockets from Belarus at the moment, but they're beginning to amass. There's lots of air activity and lots of people getting on the ground in Belarus, allegedly. So the next target for him has to be Kiev again. For him, winning would be take Kiev. Forget the rest of oh, the country. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take Kiev. And then he's kind of, I won. And yeah, Zelensky, let's torture Zelensky to death and prove what men we are. But I don't see him getting out of power. I can't see someone taking him down. Hmm. It's in the interest of too many of his mates to not let him go, because they'd be taken down as well. What other things are there to discuss? We've gone through market prospects, we've gone through energy, we've talked about the weather. Are we allowed to talk about current affairs is probably the wrong yeah. term. Prince Harry? Yeah, Prince Harry, yeah. Oh. yeah. He's got the same haircut the spare. as you, Ben. Yeah. Or He's, ginger. I can't you... be bothered. Don't, can we not discuss, Prince? What a waste of time. Well... He's a ginger and he got his virginity lost by an older woman who's 17. Is that similar to your story? <sighs> yeah, probably. <laughs> 17 is bloody good going for a ginger, isn't it? <laughs> it was probably done out of charity, Ian. <laughs> anyway, the stallion that you are. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, right, Harry. I don't is, want to discuss it. No, I, I don't. It's really irritating. I agree. Yeah. It is immensely irritating. So, let's, yeah, we haven't discussed it. Oh, yes, we have. I'm announcing something. Doing grain and the podcast and the beer that we drink and all the rest of it are turning into a right little bunch of porkers, right, aren't we? Fat boys. Ben got on his bike yesterday or the day before and, and, and did a 12-mile, whatever it was, Ben's definitely on it. Webby, you and I have done absolutely nothing. Fatted around, haven't we? I've been pretty busy painting. <clears throat> painting. So your right arm's strong and the rest of you are <laughs> eating a chocolate But yeah, you're bag. right in terms of exercise now. His right arm was always strong, to be fair. <laughs> right, so there's two or three things that each individual has to look at, and we've got to touch on this. The National Health Service in the, in the UK is screwed, just like in China where they're dying by them, mm. you know, in the street. They're dying in the street in the UK, and to listen to the defence of the situation by people is just embarrassing that. Uh, why can't a government spokesman say, yeah, we're in a muddle and people are dying and we don't know what to do, we've just got to let a few people die and then there'll be some space. Something, loads of old people moved out of hospital into hotels, whatever it takes, make the beds free, let's clear the backlog. It's something, a logistical nightmare. It's like the roof of your grain shed's just blown off and you've got rain pouring into it. You have a choice. Sit there and look at it and go, oh dear, yeah, well, we've spent £16 million on something else. Just get the buckets in there and move the stuff out. This is one of those moments, isn't it? So each individual person and all of the listeners are included in this. And we've got some super fit listeners like Scotty Welcome, jumping in ice on the 1st of January. I'd be dead if I did that. We need to get fit. 
you know, we need to stay fit or some form of fitness. Now, yeah. for an old codge at 60, you know, it's not quite like it's going to go for a sprint. You just don't feel like running, let alone trying to run fast. But my job is to stay away from any form of getting a heart attack if I possibly can. And the current, you know, beer drinking, sort of eating chocolates stuff that we do here is not going to help us we've got to do something about it so by being public about it these boys didn't know this conversation was coming up by being public about it you are committed to actually achieving some form of weight loss or fitness right so we're going to get on with doing some sort of gym or some sort of running or some sort of getting fitter and you know i'm sitting here at 92 kilos i intend to be down that's about 14 and a half stone i think that's not bad for you jesus webby i'm four foot six (laughs) yeah you know, so I look like a beach ball. I you need know, to... Just give it a rest, will you? <laughs> I have a goal of 13 stones, probably two... That's an ambition. 13 and a quarter stone is my goal. Right, I'm going to try and get to that. Now I've said it on air, it's going to be a topic of conversation. Now. By when? Six months? A year? By the time I'm 92. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, within six months, certainly. But yeah, I've got to get down there and stay down there. But one of the things we're going to do, and this is the big announcement, we are going to, on a monthly basis, have or host or whatever you want to call it, a doing grain walk, doing walks, right? And the first one is going to be on the 13th of January from the Aylesham Grain Office. It's about six or seven miles. We're going to walk across the fields to Ingworth, down the back end of the lake at Blickling, around the lake, probably stop off, have a little cup of tea at the National Trust place at Blickling Hall, and then walk back and then back down the railway track. It's probably two to three hours, depending on how slow we walk. It's open to anybody who wants to come, any listener who wishes to come. You know, there's no, you've got to be a farmer. Whoever you are, if you feel like it, we will be walking on the 13th of January from our car park at Aylesham at one o'clock. And one or two or three of us will be on the walk as well. So, we'll, you know, each month we intend to do that. We've got a couple of listeners in the British Virgin Isles, so it'd be good if they could come for the walk. If they could host a walk. Yeah, I was going to say that would be even better. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is that the plan then, to roll it out monthly and then get other one, people to host it? Or? Once a month. And the other, one of the other criticisms we have as a business is, oh, we never get to talk to you because you're too busy. You know, I'm not really allowed to sleep in the afternoon because I'm so fat, but... Maybe nobody will turn up. I am walking on that day, rain or shine, that's what I'm going to do. If anybody feels like coming along, so be it. But let's be clear, you know, the the topic of conversation is hardly going to be entirely about the weather, is it? It's going to be about grain trading. It's going to be about the stuff that we talk about on here because there's going to be topics that we inevitably... Hopefully it's not that all the way around, but we can have... Who knows? I don't mind. You know, there'll be lots of young women wanting to walk next to you in because you know you're a bit of a stud I like I like it as an idea you've got to come because Just you are the on, least fit on the way back round does it pass the black boys we'll probably pass the black boys at about four right. o'clock the, the issue is not whether you drink alcohol or not or that doesn't help the issue is about fitness about actually energy levels and doing something yes. we're going to do it one because we need to do something. And if I put it in the diary, I am not at the moment on a monthly basis taking a three-hour walk at any point. So therefore, I'm going to be doing it once a month for sure. This month, 13th of January, Friday the 13th, everybody's unlucky day, we will go for a walk. And if people turn up and come with us, great. If they don't, equally great. But I'm going to be doing it because I need to do it. And the good news is if Ian goes on the walk, I think he is the office health and safety guy 
or medical guy, aren't you, Ian? So you can always be there. Which leads on to a point in this modern world of misery where hosting something, you have to, you're then responsible for, oh, you've got to record it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm stating we're going for a walk. Every individual is responsible for their own safety on that walk. They're walking <laughs> as individuals. Because nowadays, some git will get run over and you get sued. And it's like, you know... Come on, everybody. Just give, <laughs> All we're doing is trying to get an opportunity to get a lot of people together and have a laugh, a chat, an open-ended, no nothing, no obligation to buy seed off us crap that people do. This is purely fitness, mental fitness, and us doing our bit towards that. And a bit of social and getting out about it. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah, to do it. Sort of everybody else, we need to do it, so we're going to do it. If you want to join us as a podcast listener, please do. Come and spend a couple of hours with us and, you know, we might even buy you a cup of tea or you might even buy us a cup of tea. Okay, that's one o'clock from the car park here at the Aylesham Green. On the 13th of Jan. Right. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I'll be party leader, but I'm not very fast at walking. No. Anyway, <coughs> what else is there? Well, that's it, we're back. 2023, this is the month where it's very easy to fat around and pretend you're a farmer and go shooting and, and kind of like not get going. Oh, no. No, it's, this is the grain trade, not farmers, right? You need to, this is the time when you have to dig deepest. Farmers don't want to talk to you because they're busy thinking of something else or not thinking at all. And your job is to make them... Getting, you've got a mortgage to pay. You've got like you know. You need to go and get them. So get off your asses. Stop being so lazy and work as hard as you've ever worked at any point in your career in the first two to three weeks of January. The rest of the year will then follow naturally. If you take until February to get started, you're an idiot. Was your New Year's resolution to not say everything that pops into your head? Or no, I do come. Listen, the beauty of this podcast is it comes out of my head. What was your New Year's resolution, Ian? I never do them. The New Year's resolutions aren't. It's just the thing about January the 1st, or Christmas more importantly, is it is a reboot. There's no one to talk to, which is great, no phone calls, so you actually can do some work. But you start the new year if you start slowly. And I've learned that. Ivan Bishop, when he was my boss, he was the one who drummed it into going now, do it now, do it now. Phone people up. They don't want to talk to you. Make them talk to you. Do something. And that motivation is, is ingrained in me. So here I am, my usual January energy. I'm trying to pass it out. There you go. You're both smirking at me. <laughs> they suffer, these boys, don't they? Yeah. Uh, have we finished? Is that done? Are we good? Yeah, no, that was good. Thank you. Okay. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, let's have a fabulously peaceful, good, healthy, brilliant quality crop. Dry harvest again so we don't spend money on gas. Let's wish all our wishes and have a doddle of a year and everybody's content as a customer. How about that? Sounds good. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.